We are in week two of a message series called Life in the Wilderness. And the wilderness can feel like the place that a lot of us are in right now. And last week, we talked about rhythms that we find in the wilderness. And Noah did an incredible job teaching you there. This week, I want to talk with you about the seasons in the wilderness. Now, we know that our life has seasons. Our calendar has some seasons. There is uh, summer, spring, winter, and fall. Definitely not in that particular order. But we know that that's the, the seasons that we have. But there are some seasons that you and I have in the wilderness that I think are important for us to identify. And when I was looking at this series, Life in the Wilderness, I thought, man, now's a good time to talk to you about a guy named Joseph. Now, if you're not familiar with Joseph, uh, if you grew up around church, you would have uh, drawn some coloring pictures about Joseph. He had this coat that had a whole lot of colors on it. Joseph was dad's favorite son, and he was the uh, one of 12 brothers. Joseph's brothers didn't really like him because he had dad's favorite coat and he was dad's favorite. And Joseph has this dream that I want to talk to you about. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. It says that Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more, which means they hated him beforehand. So they hated him before the dream. But when Joseph begins to tell them about this dream that he had, they hated him even more for it. It says this, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out into the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. The first season that I want to talk to you about is the season of dreaming. Seasons of dreaming are incredible seasons. And when Joseph comes to his brothers, he's talking to them about this dream that he had. And, and essentially, here's the dream. I saw myself rising above all of you. And yeah, I know you're my older brothers. And these guys aren't just like normal older brothers. Like a few chapters earlier, these guys rode into town and were murdering whole groups of people for picking on their sister. I mean, these are hard guys. And Joseph's like, yeah, but I, younger brother, am rising above all of you. I don't know what the dream looks like that you have for your own life, but here's what I do know. In seasons of dreaming, I believe that God wants to give you a picture of his preferred future for your life. That God wants to show you something that's bigger than yourself, that seems outside of the realm of possibilities, that requires something, a move on his part to actually accomplish. Look at what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says. It says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I don't know if you have a big dream for your life, but here's what I want you to know, that in the season of dreaming, God wants to give you a dream. God wants to give you a dream that's bigger than anything you could imagine for yourself. Joseph didn't imagine that this dream that he had would be uh, something that, that he, he wasn't planning on that from the beginning. What Joseph was really looking for is Joseph is looking to God who gave him this dream to actually accomplish it. God wants to give you a really big dream for your life. I think one of the biggest things that Joseph falls into is he falls into a trap of prematurely sharing the dream that God had placed on his heart. 
The truth is, if you have a God-sized dream, there's probably going to be some people in your life that aren't ready to hear all the things that God has revealed to you. So be careful in sharing your dream. But I believe that there are some parts of the dream that God's given you that you can share with people. So right now in the comment section, I want you to drop a comment with what dream God's placed on your heart. For me, years ago, God placed a dream on my heart to plant a church in Mount Pleasant, North Carolina. And I had grown up around Mount Pleasant. I actually got kicked out of the high school for drug possession. And when I felt like God gave me a dream to plant a church in Mount Pleasant, truthfully, I wasn't really for it. When I looked at that dream, it was bigger than me because in all honesty, there were parts of it that I didn't think were things that I desired. You need to go through a season of dreaming. And here's why. Seasons of dreaming bring clarity to the direction of your life. Seasons of dreaming bring clarity to the direction of your life. The truth is I fly a lot or flew a lot. Not doing a whole lot of flying right now. But when I was flying a lot, I never boarded a plane not knowing the destination. And when you don't have a clear dream for your life, the chances are that your footsteps, the way where you walk and where you're heading, won't be in alignment with where God wants you to end up. So having a dream for your life is so important. But dreams aren't always easy. Joseph shares this dream with his brothers, and then he goes on to share another dream that he had about the moon and the stars. And really it was to show that his mom and his dad were going to also bow down to him at some point. And as Joseph is doing that, his brothers are getting more and more furious with him. His brothers look out into the field one day as Joseph goes out and they realize, hey, now's our opportunity to get rid of him. So they plot to kill him. One brother speaks up and says, it's not really a good idea to kill him. Look at what it says here in Genesis chapter 35, verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and he found them near Dothan where he saw them at a distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come on now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. If you go through a season of dreaming, you need to know there's probably going to be some people that want to derail the dream that God's given you. They're frustrated. They're angry. They plot to kill him. But one brother speaks up and says, hey, let's not kill him because at the end of the day, he is our brother. Instead, they come up with a different plan. Genesis 35 verse 28 says this. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and they sold him for 12 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites uh, who took him to Egypt. Now, if I'm Joseph, I am going through this season of dreaming. I've got the dream that God's given me and I'm kind of pumped for it. The problem is, the dream doesn't look like it's going to work out. Because after every season of dreaming, you're going to enter into this next season where I call the season of doubt. The truth is, many of us discount the cost of what our dreams will actually require. And you might have a dream for where you're going to end up or a, a picture of God's preferred future for you. But the truth is, we don't know what the map to get there looks like. And oftentimes, the way we get to where God wants us to be is not the route that we thought was going to be uh, where we were heading. God's plan for our lives typically looks a whole lot different than the plan we draw up for our own lives. So Joseph is sold into slavery. Doesn't seem like this plan 
this dream that he had is going to come to pass. And as Joseph is on the way to Egypt, he gets to Potiphar's house. And at Potiphar's house, he serves. And he's serving the, the king. And he's uh, faithful and obedient. He continues to remain faithful to God. So much so that Potiphar's wife notices this young, strapping Hebrew boy and decides that she wants a little piece of that cake. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and as they're looking, at, as she looks at him, she approaches him and tries to entice him to come sleep with her, and he takes off running. Well, when he takes off running, she snatches his coat. And for the second time, a coat is getting Joseph into trouble. If this guy would quit wearing jackets, he'd be in a lot better shape. But he didn't, and we're in this season of doubt. This is what it says, because Potiphar's wife then goes to tell her husband what's happened. And in Genesis 39, 19, it says this, When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph, look, in this culture, if a slave was, was questioned, or if there was a woman who cried rape and it was against a slave, the slave didn't win. There was no trial. This king burned with anger and, and he was ready to kill his servant. But instead, he ends up sending him to prison. These seasons of doubt are incredibly difficult because we have doubt for so many reasons when it comes to the plans that God has for our lives. For some of us, we doubt the validity of the dreams that God's given us. There were several times when we were heading to plant a church in Mount Pleasant. I remember the first interest gathering we ever hosted. It was at the Mount Pleasant Lions Hut, and, and we were so excited. We were like, man, people want a life-giving church here in Mount Pleasant. I think they're eager for it, and they're excited. And when we showed up here, and, and we, we had an event, there were 12 people that showed up, and eight people we were related to, right? Like, it ain't good. There were so many times where I sat back and I doubted the dream. I remember the, we were six months into the church and, and we hosted a vision night. And I was like, this is the thing that, that's going to fire our church up. And, and, and literally, there were eight people in the audience when I got on stage to teach. Now, years later, we're, we were seeing hundreds of people join us on a weekend. We've seen over 700 people give their life to Jesus but it doesn't discount the fact that there were tremendous seasons of doubt where I doubted the validity of the dreams that God had given us. Others of us doubt uh, the timing that we have, where we thought we saw God's plan for our life and what that future would look like, and it's not lining up with the time that we currently have. Others of us doubt because of things that we don't have or lack. And regardless, seasons of doubt, I believe, create opportunities for us to remember the faithfulness of God. In every season of doubt, here's what I can look back on now, that God has been faithful to bring me through every situation time and time again. And if he's been faithful to keep me in the past, I know he'll be faithful with my future because God is a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you've been through a season of dreaming and you find yourself in a season of doubt, remember that God is faithful. Look at how he took care of Joseph. Because really Joseph could have been killed immediately based on the crime that he was accused of. But it says this in Genesis chapter 39. It says, so Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. 
He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Even though Joseph was going down a path that didn't seem like it was going to be in alignment with the dream that God had given him, and I'm sure he had doubts, because when I think about people bowing down to me, I don't think the route is prison. Joseph still had the favor of God on his life. God was still faithful to him. And prison seems like a horrible uh, circumstance, but what Joseph saw it as was an incredible opportunity. Because the third season I want to talk to you about is the season of development. The season of development. Joseph's story, uh, much like many of the things that you and I have experienced in our own life, required development. In order for you to do everything that God's called you to do, you must go through a season of development. He sees this issue in front of him of being in prison, but what God actually allows is for these gifts that Joseph has to be developed and shaped in prison. Joseph finds out that uh, Pharaoh has a few of his officials, who his cupbearer, who's having dreams and nobody can interpret it. So Joseph steps up to the plate and he begins to allow this, unway, this, this hard circumstance to shape and mold his character. He allows it to shape and mold the gifts that God has given him. He's going through the development process. Is prison fun? No, but it's the season of development. Look at what Romans chapter 5, I'm sorry, let me read you Genesis chapter 40, verse 6 through 8. This is what it says. So when Joseph came to him the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said, do not, do not interpretations belong to the Lord? Tell me your dreams. I wonder how many times you and I miss out on God opportunities because we're sulking rather than serving in a season of development. I wonder how often we get so frustrated by the situation we currently find ourselves in that we miss out on the fact that God is sending opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to shape, mold us, and develop us. Many of us would hate to be in those prison seasons, but the truth is we felt that way. We felt that way. We felt stuck like we're in bondage and in chains and there's no way for us to get out. For some of you, you have a sin issue that you've been trying to get over, but you continuously feel stuck and you feel like there's no escape. Others of you, you're stuck in a job and you feel like it might as well be called prison, right? Come on. You're frustrated and you're angry. But I came to tell you today that every prison is preparation. That the prison seasons you find yourself in are not meant to destroy you, but to prepare you for what God has in store for you. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5, Paul writes this, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, for we know that suffering, watch this, produces perseverance. So oftentimes in seasons of development, your greatest development comes through pressure. It comes through suffering. It comes through hardship. Because in order for you to produce the wine that God wants to flow through you, you must first be crushed. So he's going through this hardships and he says, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And hope, look at this, and hope does not put us to shame. 
because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What's Paul saying? I believe that Paul's saying that seasons of development allow our character to become God's character. Look, the truth is, in in hard seasons, I typically find the worst parts of my character. When I get told no, when I go through things I don't like, it's, it's an opportunity for me to see the, my own sinfulness, the own stuff that I have going on. But I believe it's also an opportunity for me to take the things in my life that are not of God and to get them to become like Him. And the way that I do that is I allow God to shape me, mold me, and develop me. The prison is meant to be a place of preparation. Because as we see in Joseph's life, Joseph is in prison as he's developing his character and he's continuing to be faithful to the plans and the purposes of God. I believe that, that Joseph, Joseph doesn't go to seminary. He, he graduates from the Prison Leadership Institute and, and he's just being faithful. And so what happens is he interprets this cupbearer's dream and he says, hey, just don't forget me. Well, in the next phase of this thing, Pharaoh's having all these weird dreams and nobody can interpret them. So the officials are trying to figure out what to do. And at first, Joseph is overlooked. He's forgotten. But then one day they realize, hey, you got this guy in the, in the basement who interprets dreams. Like, you want us to go get him? And Pharaoh's like, absolutely. I want, I want you to go get him. And the next season that Joseph walks into is the season of destiny. The season of destiny. So we've talked about four seasons. Come on, I'm going to title this message, Four Seasons. The season of dreaming, the season of doubt, the season of development, and the season of destiny. And in the season of destiny, I believe that Joseph was completely qualified for the dream because he had gone through the proper development. Many of us miss out on the fact that we'll be disqualified from our dream if we don't allow God to develop us for what he has for us. But because he's been developed and he's gone through the process, I believe Joseph was not only ready for the palace, he was ready for the palace because he got ready in prison. And Joseph is now in the palace, and as he's in the palace, he begins to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. He says, this is what this means, and there's going to be some great years of harvest, but there's going to be famine after that and we need to prepare pharaoh looks around and he goes does anybody have a better plan nobody speaks up and immediately joseph shifts from being a prisoner to now being a governor this is how god elevates it doesn't always seem like the right path or the way things are going to work out for us but we have to remember that god's plan for our life will come to pass for we will accomplish the good things he intended for us long ago if we're faithful to him through all of these seasons. You and I can enter into the season of destiny just like Joseph. Yes, we go through seasons of dreaming, and seasons of dreaming are incredible. They, they, they map out our footsteps of where we're going to walk. I want you to hear me. You're going to doubt God's plan and God's calling on your life. Chances are you're even going to doubt whether or not you're saved. You're going to doubt your salvation. I can't tell you how many times I've been driving down the road and going, I don't even know if I know Jesus. You're going to doubt. You're also going to go through development. It's going to be hard. It's going to be crushing. But let me just tell you, the seasons of destiny are so beautiful. Because after that, Joseph does the plan that God had showed him through that dream that Pharaoh had. 
He became governor, and there was great years of harvest. And, and Egypt stored up uh, enough food for the time. But not only that, Egypt stored up enough food to, to take care of everybody else. So years later, when the famine comes through, it's actually Joseph's family that runs out of food. So they go to Egypt. It had to be a hard journey for his brothers because Egypt was a constant reminder of the thing that they had done in their past. So they go down and they begin to beg for food. And as they're begging for food, Joseph realizes that there's a familiar face in the crowd. He recognizes his brothers who are now bowing down to him asking for food. And it's in that moment that Joseph has a clear depiction and a clear understanding that the dreams that God gives us always come to pass when we stay faithful to his plan and to his purpose. But I believe, too, that seasons of destiny are geared and designed to remind us of how far God has brought us. Look at what Galatians chapter 50, verse 19 through 20 says. So, so here's what's happened. Joseph, this is a few chapters later. I've walked you from Genesis 37 to Genesis 50 now. In Genesis chapter 50, Joseph's dad has died. Mom and dad have come to bow. The entire dream Joseph had has come to pass. And Joseph's brothers are terrified now that dad is dead, that he's going to now take revenge on them. But this is what Joseph says in Genesis 50, 19 through 20. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended harm for me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What Joseph knew in that moment is that it was God that brought him to this point. He didn't have to play judge. He didn't have to continue to be bitter. No, seasons of destiny should create opportunities for you and I to walk in complete humility. Because as I look back into my life, and I believe that I've walked through some incredible seasons of destiny, and, and the truth is once you get out of a, a season of destiny, you're, you're back into seasons of dreaming. It, it, it's a process. You're going through these your entire life. But in the seasons of destiny, it's really easy for you and I to take credit for the things that God has done in our life. But the truth is when we look at it, I can look back at my life and say there's no way that God could take that, that, that I could take credit for what God's done in my life. Only God could take a kid who was addicted to drugs, radically save him, redeem him, give him a plan and a purpose and, and, and fill him with passion to teach other people about how good God is. Only God could do what he's done in my life. And I believe the same is true with you. Don't allow a season of destiny to get you to become prideful because God detests the proud but he elevates those who are humble. Humility is really what, what God loves. So I don't know what season you find yourself in. I know there's going to be an after party in a second, and you're going to be able to chat about what those seasons look like for you. But I would just encourage you, in every season, honor God with your life. I think that's what we learn from Joseph. It, whether he's in the season of dreaming, in the season of dreaming, he's honoring God. Now, truthfully, could he have, you know, held his tongue a little bit and not gloated to his brothers? Yeah, but he was immature. He still honored God with his life. In the seasons of doubt, he honored God with his life. In the seasons of development and in the season of destiny, in everything he did, 
he honored God. And I don't know what season you're in, but what I do know is that when you choose to honor God, you'll experience grace, mercy, and favor over your life like never before. But for some of you who are watching this video right now, the grace and mercy of God, the favor of God, are not on your life, but are readily available. Because what Scripture teaches us is that the only way that we have access to God is through accepting what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we don't have to make it overcomplicated. It's actually quite simple. There was a debt on your life because of sin. And rather than making you pay for it, because the only way to pay for it is through death, God sent his son Jesus to die in your place to make that payment for you. Now, by placing your belief in him, his death is credited to your account. It's not by works. It's not by efforts. You don't have to strive for it or even earn it. All you have to do is simply respond by saying yes to Jesus. And if you want to make that decision today, I want to walk you through a simple prayer. I believe some of you feel God pulling on your heart to say, I need a relationship with God. Because I'm telling you, the only way you're going to make it through those seasons of doubt and those seasons of development is a relationship with him. If you feel that tugging on your heart today, I want you to simply say this. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.